Hi, Dr. Gator here. Are you ready to take your family's health to the next level? Check out my free immunity and wellness masterclass at integrativepediatrics.com. You know, Serena, tragedy, I think, affects everybody and it affects everybody different. And as a doctor, I'm always exposed to all sorts of different tragedies. But as a parent now, it really changes your perspective when anything horrific happens. You hear something on the news and and then you start to think, well, what if that was my own kid? How, how does it make you feel? Have you Has it changed since you became a parent? Oh, my God. Like, I feel like I've always been a super empathetic person. I was an empathetic ch- child and felt everything really deeply. But now I have my own child. And when I see these tragedies happen in our world, like I, I physically feel them in, in my stomach for these parents. Um, I agree. Mama. Welcome, parents, to Raising Amazing. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Gator-Warsh, board-certified pediatrician specializing in integrative medicine. And I'm Serena Vincent. I'm an actor, writer, and new mother. Join us in learning and laughing as we navigate through the messy path of parenthood. And together, let's begin Raising Raising Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so this week is National Gun Violence Awareness Week. Um, June 4th is National Gun Violence Awareness Day. And we're trying to create a community here of parents so we can learn uh, for, from each other and do better for our kids. And we can't let this month pass without acknowledging what is really going on in our country. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's important to say, too, because it, it's certainly a world problem, but it's, I think, a lot. Well, I know it's a much bigger issue in America than many other places. I mean, I grew up in Canada and... I'm sure there's, you know, there's certainly gun violence and it certainly happens, but it seems like it happens every day or at least every week or a few weeks here where you hear on the news some other mass shooting. It's just, it's absurd. And it seems like it's not slowing down. It's getting more frequent, if anything. It is. Um, it, it, it does feel like every day there there is something else. And so um, I guess we should say this, just a warning to anyone if this brings up any um, feelings for you. We are going to talk about gun violence. Uh, we have a very special story from a very dear friend whose daughter was shot in the Santa Clarita shooting. And uh, it's really powerful to hear from the mother of a survivor. Uh, and I, she has a lot of really useful, helpful tips for how we all as parents can raise our children differently and feel safer having our kids go into other homes where there might possibly be guns. Anyway, it's a really powerful interview and I, I learned a lot. Me too. Yeah. Let's get right into it. I am so honored to have our guest today. Tiffany Shepas is an actress, a gun violence advocate, wife and mother. She started her career in New York City at just 16 and now has over a hundred movies and television appearances to her credit. She's currently the host of in the third season of hit horror podcast, Casualty Friday, and she is also my friend. <laughs> thank you for being here, Tiffany. Oh, thank you guys for having me. That is like quite the uh, intro, almost like I wrote it myself. <laughs> Almost, right? Maybe, um, maybe. So I just wanna, 
I just want to, this is a really special episode at a really special time in our year, um, Gun Violence Awareness Month, week, and I just want to jump right into you and your story, but first of all, I want to just give our history. I heard about Tiffany Sheppes for like 20 years, and we work in the same industry, in the same genre, but we had never met, and everybody, fans, friends, filmmakers, like, do you know Tiffany Sheppes? You and Tiffany Sheppes work together. Tiffany, 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 and we had never even really met. And then, um, and I thought maybe, I don't know, that maybe I wouldn't like you. I don't know. <laughs> well, in, in fairness, I, I had heard the exact same things. People are like, you know Serena, come on. You and Serena are so much alike. You have to know Serena. I'm like, I don't know Serena Vincent. Like, I know her, know her movies. And I felt the same thing. I'm like, I'm probably going to meet this woman that they all say is great, and I'm going to not get along with her. <laughs> so, and, so and that's what happened, right? And that is what happened. No, yes. So then we, we met. And I was like, this woman is not just an incredible actor, but like, first of all, you're just an incredibly kind, authentic, funny, fun human, <sighs> and most importantly, devoted mother. And that is the, that was my, when I met you, or when we like first started talking, we, we were at a, an event together and I was pregnant and I was trying to like hide my pregnancy because the world didn't know I was pregnant. And you were so, <laughs> I mean, I just, you are so nurturing and oh. lovely and anyway well, so first all of that is lies except for maybe a fraction of the decent mother part um <laughs> but we all know i mean your listeners know a pregnant woman is like the most beautiful thing in the world so the fact that anyone trying to hide that or feel uncomfortable about it i was like are you crazy you're this glowing magnificent creature with something growing inside you and not in the horror movie way like we're used to. <laughs> so not, not I, I, a pro- I was going to say, not a problem for a pediatrician because when, you, when you're having a baby, like the entire office just lights up and like, oh, now you're going to get it, all right? Now you're going to get it. You'll see. You'll understand what I'm going through. So everyone's super happy when a pediatrician has a baby. I know. Dr. Dole just had a baby or, or his baby's, what, no, 15 Se- months now? Uh, 17, yeah. 17 oh, months. wow. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So, so, okay. So I just want to take us back. I want you to tell your story, but I, I woke up one morning. I think we're all going to bed and waking up to another school shooting or another shooting somewhere. And I woke up the morning of the Santa Clarita shooting and I didn't know you that long. I didn't know you that well. Um, but I was like, Tiffany, when I said to Mike, I was like, oh my God, Tiffany's daughter goes to that school. And I texted you. Obviously, I didn't hear back for a while. And I just had like a, you know, a pit in my stomach. Um, yeah. I pe- want to share your story. I want you to share your story. We as parents need to work together to keep all of our kids safe. So tell us what, what happened. Um, well, it's interesting. Thank you guys again for having me on, especially during this week, even though we know this week is just an all year long event, right? I mean, keeping our kids safe is the number one thing. It's the first thing you think about when you have your child is like, how am I going to keep you little tiny things safe? And how am I going to protect you? And so our family, I mean, we've always been that way, even though we make scary movies and, you know, there's tons of silly gore and violence. uh, We've always been big advocates for safety and and gun violence awareness and, and human rights and 
And so we've been always a part of different things and different marches and different, you know, organizations. And, um, but just like everyone else, I never in a million years thought we would be the people that other people would fight for. You know, I never thought we would have a family where someone was a victim or something like this happened to us. And which is uh, silly because it's not like we're any more special than anybody else. And these bouts of violence just touch all different people's lives, no matter where you're from or what city you're in. So it's just strange that you don't think that, but you just don't. Maybe it's like a way of self-preserving. But um, our daughter is is 16 or she was 15 at the time. Uh, We have a seven-year-old son. That morning was like a crazy busy morning, like all parents. Um, I was going to uh, a class in Hollywood, so I asked my mom, like, will you drop me off at high school? My husband was dropping our son off at elementary. I was getting everything together, and our, my daughter and I, it we sound like we're do-gooders, and it, we're not. These are just, this happens to be this story. Um, I called her because around Thanksgiving, we, we like to volunteer at a place called MEND, which provides housing and stuff for um, homeless people. And I just noticed online that they weren't doing any weekends that year. So I called her at school and I was like, hey, what day can you cut class so we can go volunteer? And she's like, well, let me check, you know, because she's also a do-gooder, smarty kid. She's like, let me check my tests, make sure I don't have anything important. I was like, great, I'll see you after school. We found out later that exactly 16 seconds later, a boy in the quad of their high school took out a gun on his birthday and started shooting. And he shot our daughter in the lower abdomen with a 45 caliber, um, shot two other children that got wounded and shot and killed two others. One of them was our daughter's best friend. And obviously all of this we found out much later. We, we were lucky if there's a lucky in a story like this, um, that we were able to find out that Mia was okay very fast and I was able to go with her to the hospital. I was able to fly with her on the helicopter to get there. Um, And because of the human body, Dr. Gator probably could tell us more about this, goes into such shock that she didn't appear as injured to me as she was, which kept me very like, okay, maybe this is a mistake. Maybe... Maybe this didn't really happen. Maybe it's just a, like it was a BB gun. Like you, all these kind of crazy things go through your mind because she was so calm and so very Mia. Like, hey, mom, something happened. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. The I'll, I'll backtrack a tiny bit. I was um, so after I hung up with Mia, I got a call from my mom who said, uh, if something just happened at the school and I can't get a hold of Mia. I'm like, what are you talking about? I just spoke to her. And she's like, well, I'm trying to turn out. And you know how like big high schools, like it takes you forever to, to get out of the car lines. Um, she goes, no, there's kids, they're running out. I was like, ah, it must be a fire drill. Cause I just spoke to her. Oh. I, I ended up calling her 20 times and, and I'm not like this. I'm not helicoptery in this way where I'm like, well, I'm going to go to this school. But something inside me was like, I'm going to go to this school. Why won't Mia answer her call? Wow. And I started driving there, and as I got almost to the school and cars are fleeing away, I got a text that said, Hi, Mom, I don't know if you've heard, but there's been a shooting, and I love you. And because of the, the types of you know organizations and advocacy stuff that we've been involved with, I always just kind of 
like, all right, you hear these stories of when this happens, you don't want to alert a shooter to where she's at. So I decided to text back instead of call because I didn't want a ringing phone. And I said, where are you? Are you guys okay? And the person wrote back, no, she's been shot. Oh my God. And we're hiding and waiting for the police. Um, so of course I called and was able to speak to Mia and, and you know, that, that brings me to how I got there and was able to be with her. Um, but it, it, it's just, after something like that happens, you know, we, we turn to our daughter and, and clearly, besides physically, we knew that she was going to eventually be okay. Like the mental side of it is what you're the most concerned with, right? I mean, here is a 15-year-old girl who's very best friend, who is this bright and charming and awesome and funny kid who they made jokes that they were going to get married together when they were 30, you know, because at 30, you're, you're old, right? <laughs> right. Um, I guess so. And yeah. <laughs> he is this amazing bright kid who's gone. And how do I navigate that world, right? Like where we expect to deal with bullies and breakups and stupid boyfriends or Fs on a grade or catching your kid smoking a cigarette for the first time or, you know, you're, you're, you're ready for those or the sex talks. None of us were prepared for something like this. Um, and, and again, the sad part of all that is that we still in this story are considered lucky. And that's sad. That's a sad fact that this is what these kids go through. And, you know, as you guys will grow up knowing with your children, you know, active shooter drills in schools, which they say don't really help and it actually scars them more. But, you know, what do you do? I mean, these are the kind of the battles that that parents have, that school districts have, that mental health professionals have. Like, what is the right thing? And, you know, I'm not sure anyone think, knows. I don't think anybody, I mean, this... Well, I don't remember any of this stuff when I grew up. I mean, there was certainly the shooting here or there, but and I grew up in Canada, so we really, I don't think even had nearly as much as even in America, but it just, it seems like it's so, such a normal thing now. It's like, it happens so frequently and it's devastating that, that this, it's not, doesn't seem like it's changing. Like, it doesn't seem like anything has changed. It's something, you know, every few months you hear about and, mm -hmm. and, and it, uh, it doesn't change. And it's really that, that is the problem in itself that when, the school shooting happened for us at Saugus. It was November 14th, 2019. And you talk about this, and even with some gun activists, and they still don't know the name of our school. And why? Because so many others have happened since then. And that's a problem. It's a problem that, you know, how many shootings did we have a couple weeks ago? And, you know, you, you, you almost can't even keep track. Um, and. I'm sorry. I know I wanted to say, you know, you're you're working you're working with the school district. You know what this is like on all sides, right? You know what it's like to be the mother of a daughter who was shot, the mother of a daughter who lost her friend, and you're you and your daughter are working tirelessly with within the school district trying to help. What are you seeing that we don't know or that parents don't know? What are you seeing from the inside? Well, the truth is I think everyone, I mean, if you're any type of empathetic, good person, you don't want these things to happen. And we have found that the majority of gun owners are responsible gun owners, but there's a good amount that aren't. And that's sort of the thing that we're trying to instill in, in the school districts and, and cities alike. It's like, you know, it's not about taking away guns. It's not about any of that. It's that if you own them, secure them, secure them separate from their ammunition, 
There are studies that have shown that you can get into them just as fast if you had a home invasion and that's what you're worried about. You know, you have two separate safes. Because guess what? I have an eight-year-old who 100%, if he saw one, even though we, we preach gun safety, if he saw a gun, he would 100% think it's a toy and, and play with it. And pick it up, right? And pick it up because they're you know, children. Um, and so with the school, the school board, I think that's what you're finding too, is that everybody wants to do the right thing. It's just trying to figure out what that right thing is and how to, I think, with a school district, not... They, they have to, to weigh in the middle, right? Like you don't want to upset this group of parents, but you don't want to upset this group of parents. And what I found in a few conversations is they say stuff like, well, you know, we've spoken to experts and this is what they believe. And I'm going, well, pff, the experts aren't right anymore because these things keep happening. So and the experts maybe, are so divided, divided too. I mean, it's such a, it's one of those topics that I feel like is very divided in terms of where, I think everybody can agree that they don't want school shootings, but they don't agree in any way how to deal with, how to deal with it or what to do. Absolutely. I mean, that and the mental health side of it. I mean, there's no doubt that we need better, better resources for kids better better things than just a sign on a wall you know in your classroom that says if you need help call this number like what what kids gonna do that right like you need right. maybe some more peer-to-peer counseling I don't I don't personally know all of the answers I just know that doing nothing gets you that result nothing um, you know you know I hate that gun safety is so political and um, you know when it comes to parenting, and the safety of all of our kids, there shouldn't be any sides, right? We're all just parents, and we all just need to keep all of our kids safe. Um, but uh, it, <laughs> it's not funny, but there seems to be more gun safety laws on set, which we've both shot plenty of movies and guns, than there mm-hmm. are in, in real life. Like the gun yeah. safety laws on, on or the gun safety on set is ex- extraordinary. And we don't have that in real life. And I, and you have a story of, um, if you want to share the story, I think it's fascinating of when you tried to go buy a gun just to see how yeah. easy it was. It is. It is. I, I love to argue this with people in California who are like, well, we're in California. We have the strictest gun laws in the world. It's like, that may be true. We do have very great gun laws. Doesn't mean we don't need more. Um, you know, also federally, I believe we... Um, they, there is a federal law that a gun dealer is supposed to make sure that you have a safe, like supposed to sell you a safe along with your firearm, oh, but there's no actual law that says you have to use it. <laughs> so there's just kind of these strange loopholes out there that just need to be closed. But yeah, as far as purchasing a gun in California, very easy. And um, I went in to try to prove it and basically said, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing, but I'll, I'll research it on YouTube. And there, there didn't seem to be any problem with that. And wow. that, that to me, why is it harder for Mia, my now 16-year-old, she has to wait six months and take classes with AAA to drive a car. You right. know, we have to make sure all these safety things are in place for her to drive a vehicle, which I understand can hurt and kill people. But a, a firearm's only purpose, unless you live on a farm and are, you know, have to put down your cattle when he's sick and old, the only purpose is to kill. So how, how come the law is so, there's not mandatory training for things. Why don't you have to have insurance? Why don't you have to be vetted 
mentally by um, a doctor? You know, why don't you have to have annual rechecks? I mean, I don't know. These are just things in my perfect world there would be. Um, and in a lot of other countries, they do have, you know, somewhere all of those things. It's not, it's not like these are crazy ideas where no one's ever done this. It's, you know, we, we certainly have an issue with it in America. I mean, it's not... It's not it's a, oh it's 100% secret. an American problem. Like I mean yeah. Serena and I are are lucky enough, you know, from the movies and things to have fans and friends from all over the world and it is the one thing that has brought especially since this happened to Mia um my fans from other countries together and they're like what the heck? Like America like yeah. what is going on? This when this happened in my country, we shut that down the next day or when this happened here, we banned assault weapons or like you just they don't even hear of uh, people having one for home protection. You know, like I said, it's generally like hunters or farmers. Um, you know, and, and there are some great things out there that are happening. Like we do a lot of advocacy work with Moms Demand Action and Every Town for Gun Safety, which is completely nonpartisan, uh, you know, non-political affiliation. And they have great things that they've put into place that right now, like a lot of them are trying to get them into school districts, maybe your own. You know, and it's called the Be Smart program. And essentially, it's just it's an acronym for secure. So like secure your firearms, Mm -hmm. secure them separately from their ammunition in different uh, locked safes, Uh, model responsible behavior. So teach your kids about the difference. Teach your kids not to touch a gun, whether they, you know, think it's fake or not. Um, Ask a question. And this is a hard one because a lot of parents feel it instantly puts you in a weird spot if you're going to ask questions when your kids go play at someone else's house. But you know what? So many unintentional shootings happen because of this. Ask those parents, Hey, do you have a firearm at home? Just so, just so I, my peace of mind, is it stored safely? Right? Wow. I didn't even think Hmm. about that. Like as a new mother, you know, I I didn't even think about that being a question, you know, and you can ask it. I mean, and there's ways you can ask it that don't seem accusatory. You know, you could just say, look, you know, especially you guys now, like, Hey, a friend of ours, this happened because of an unsecured firearm. You know, you don't have any guns, right? Or do you, that's cool. Are they stored? I just don't believe that we have to apologize for anything anymore. But that's the thing. Yeah. People do. People feel afraid to ask it, even though it's about your own child's safety, right? right? Like, I mean, if somebody had, you know, if you had a toddler roaming around, you had bleach and hypodermic needles, you'd be like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> like, this isn't okay. A but, pile of Tide Pods. Yeah. 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 Crazy, yeah, people crazy will house secure leak. those. <laughs> I'm sorry? No, so yeah, you crazy party with the, the, the needles and the baby parties, you know. That's <laughs> the baby parties that avoid. happen. <laughs> but people, um, they're... There's some. There's more restrictions on Tide Pods than some, right, some firearms. Exactly. Um, so so I yeah. cut you off. So A was asked questions. Ask M A R. Recognize, <laughs> recognize that this is a problem. Recognize that. Um, I think it's like, gosh, like seventy percent, or maybe I'm wrong. I might probably wrong about that. But a huge amount of children that attempt suicide will be successful. I think it's 90% will be successful if there's a gun involved. Yeah. 90%. 17% of high school students in a year have contemplated, seriously contemplated suicide. So it means if they've contemplated and they had one available, they're likely going to be successful. And that's probably much higher now that we've had the pandemic as well, I would imagine. Um, you know, where Dr. people... Dr. Gator knows. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, 
the numbers just keep going up and up. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. And so, yeah. I mean, and we all know that's not indicative of everyone's behavior. I mean, I'm generally not a depressed person, but I've absolutely felt that, you know, in the last, well, well certainly the last two years. Let me ask you this. Um, wait, I'm going to cut you off. No, you got to say T and then I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> T is tell people about the Be Smart program. Okay. Because the more you tell about it, the the less of a stigma it becomes, especially mm -hmm. with the ask one, because it is a weird one. Like, you know, it's, it's essentially like, oh, we just met a new friend. Now, let me ask you this, which, like you said it's before, so, it becomes it, such a political thing, which it's, it shouldn't be. It's so smart to ask that question. And again, like I said, as a new parent, I have a lot of concerns about, you know, leaving my child places. I'm not really doing that yet, but I would never even think to ask that. And we should be asking all of these questions. Yeah. So going back to the pandemic, you, you and Mia, your whole family went through this in November of 2019 and then essentially went right into the world being shut down. How was that for you? And how did you navigate that? So, you know, it, we, we really followed Mia's lead and, and my husband, Sean and I, like right from the beginning, we, we had a few things. We're like, one, we don't want our son Max to, to know quite right away what happened to Mia, because mm -hmm. how do you explain that? He was seven years old at the time, like, six actually he was six years old um how do you explain that and make it normal and and not have to go into so much detail that a little six-year-old brain can't wrap their head around so we had a lot of therapists right away and they were like look only tell him as much as he wants to know which was always very little and then he would kind of go this story's boring i'm gonna go play with legos you know and we realized okay that's that's enough but um smart but it was hard because you know is, I mean, this sounds like a t-shirt, but it's like gun violence doesn't just affect the one victim. It's, it's a family thing. I mean, our, our son, you know, at, at one point said he didn't want to go to high school because he didn't want to get shot. Oh, you know, my mother who dropped me off that morning had to deal with the fact that she dropped her daughter, her granddaughter off to a life of, of trauma, right? Me and Sean, I mean, Sean mostly held me together, <laughs> you know, but like a, a father not feeling like they've protected their family the right way. Me, I replay that phone call and that conversation daily. Serena, daily. I drive that same street and daily, and there's not a moment that it doesn't go through my mind. And I know that'll be forever. And that's okay, right? Because that's what, why now we, we fight so hard to make sure other kids can be safe and that the future's better for all of them. So it, I don't know, it wasn't for nothing, I guess, but we, um, it was hard. It was really hard, but we followed Mia's lead and basically we're like, what do you want us to do with this? Like, if you want us to move far away, I was voting for Canada. Um, <laughs> but if you want to move far away and we never talk about this again and we just honor Dominic the best we can, we will do that. If you want to do this, we'll do this. If you want to fight, she's like, mom, I need to fight. We, we can't let this keep happening. I have to make the world better for my friend. Like I have to. So we're like, all right, we're on it. And uh, so we kind of just dove deep into like, what can we do? And um, she wanted to go back to school right away. We, she went back to school. I got a job at the school because then all how of a sudden that? I was like. <laughs> how was the first couple of days back? That must have been well crazy. You know, the, the community did a very good job of keeping the media away 
Um, and basically was like, just let these kids be like, please mm-hmm. don't flood it with news cameras and their faces and stuff like that. Um, and it was about two and a half weeks later, Mia was barely out of the house. She was in the hospital for six days and then got out and went back for another four days. So she was barely out. Um, and she wanted to go back right away and it was surreal. I mean, it was as as best I can describe it. It's surreal. Um, you know, you're very proud of them, but at the same time it's empty. You know, you two children, you know, that were 15 and 14 years old. Like how, how can anyone be okay with that? And yet the kids, the kids were the resilient ones who were like, no, we're going to make this okay for them. We are going to fight for them. We are not going to let people forget them. That was like Mia and her group. Like the school initially wanted to change the whole quad area where it happened. And Mia's like, absolutely not. This is where Dominic liked to be. I mean, so there's, there's a resiliency with kids that puts this fight in them where me, I would have just crumbled. (laughs) And I think I have. Um, no, you I, haven't. I, I'm, not, yeah. <laughs> I'm watching uh, you and I'm watching you lead your daughter and like letting your daughter lead. It, but that's a tough call, though, too. Serena, like I, I battle with it all the time. Actually, Sean and I had a conversation about this yesterday because she's doing this sort of PSA thing for um, another organization. And I was like, well, you know, I don't want to make all the calls for her in case she's not into it. And Sean's like, but but you have to be the mom sometime. Like she can't handle that. And so yeah. that is a tough because she is 16 and she is somewhat extremely mature now I mean always had been but really because of this but finding the balance of how much do you handle for them how when do you say enough is enough like Mm -hmm. when when do you also I mean we've even had that within uh our home of like regular discipline like what is the where's the attitude coming from is it because you're 16 and hormonal and just being a a bitch <laughs> or <laughs> is it because of something else or because right. you're thinking about what happened to you or is it something else completely so we we try to keep really open but I mean at the same time we're just human and sometimes I'm like Jesus why haven't you cleaned your room and then she'll break down crying I'm like I'm so sorry <laughs> uh, I, I think we should, we should talk about that a little more because I think wow. that's a, that's an interesting topic too right that I don't think you know most people talk about when they talk about gun violence is you know parents and the reaction to parenting your child now after that because that must be really difficult for you just like you said you know you don't really know sometimes okay is this a normal teen thing because teens are not always the the most lovers of their parents but they you know they have attitude shifts and all sorts of stuff but then you also don't want to push them too far if it's you know maybe some memories coming back up so how have you navigated that have you you know work with family therapy have you guys well how do you talk about it what what kind well, of things happen <laughs> i mean mia has been in a lot of therapy um and I feel like I'm always in it for a little bit because I'll do all the intakes with her and they'll get all of my therapy out. Um, we, we, I mean, we do talk a lot about it as a family, like I said, and we are really open, but you know, oftentimes like I, it's the same thing. I'll maybe put in a text to her therapist, like, you know, Hey, this is what we're dealing with. I don't know if I'm doing this the right way, you know, help us navigate it. Um, a lot of books, <laughs> a lot of talking to friends about it too. Cause there are times where I'm just like, I just don't know the answer. And maybe Mia doesn't even know. And, and we've gotten a lot of that response from her where I'm like, you know, what is this? Like where, where are the tears coming from right now? And she's like, I just don't know. I'm just, just, you know, we get a lot of that. It's just, I'm just, just, I, 
just feeling bad. Yeah. And uh, we had a tough, there, there was a bit of a blessing in disguise, not to the pandemic by any means, but to the being home and the quietness of our lives. Um, because Mia, after she got out of the hospital and went back to school right away and kind of jumped right into like, I'm going to start a student's man action group and I'm going to honor my friend this way and I'm going to raise all this money for their memorials. And, I, and she, she very much went full speed ahead with that kind of stuff. But I think also never quite processed what had happened. Right. Like she had very little breakdowns, like tears wise. Like she was very, very stoic, almost strangely. Um, I don't know the right word isn't unaffected is more just almost like in a haze, like a daze, you know, mm -hmm. just um, and a lot of therapists like it, it could hit her at any time. You may be standing in line for grapes at the supermarket and it'll happen. Um, but what I think it was, it was just too noisy. It was too much all at once. And because she was so physically injured, her body needed to concentrate on that and mm -hmm. just didn't have enough space or enough bandwidth to process Dominic or Gracie or her other friends that, that got hurt. You know, there's just not enough in there. So you have right. to just push all those aside so your body can heal. And so during, I think it was like, March, like probably April, maybe a month or so in that started and we would see, you know, she had a lot of like reoccurring nightmares and stuff like that, but then they started to stop. And that's when, you know, she sort of would talk more about what had happened and you would see a bit of, okay, this is good. Like, I don't yeah. like to see her sobbing and upset, but this is good that this is finally Surfacing happening. Yeah. Just getting it out. Like getting through those stages of grief. Um, right. And we're still in the thick of it. I mean, of course. And, and I don't, you know, probably if there hadn't been the world shutting down, would, would it be a little better? I mean, I don't know. I guess it's like give and take, you know, I probably would have taken her on a million vacations to try to take her mind off of things, but that's not really solving anything. And that's not really tackling any problem. At least being home, it was like, nope, all you have to do is focus on healing and yourself. And, right. you know, um, but, uh, but we did, we, my husband saw everyone in just this kind of strange place here in pandemic and uh, dealing with so much emotionally. He's like, you know, we just need something to do. And I was like, I want to do. <laughs> I want to ask you about this because so we ask everybody at, um, uh, on the show, what the most, their most amazing part of their pandemic was and I know that you guys did something truly extraordinary as a family. So tell us about that and where everyone can see it. Um, well, I don't know how extraordinary it was, but it was, it, it was it, definitely it was. It was. something for us to do. We, um, my, my husband was like, we need something to do. Everybody needs like something. And, and he's like, let's make a movie. Let's just make a movie for fun. Um, and my husband's a director. As a family. So as a family, let's make a movie. And he wrote it, and I read it, and I cried, and I was like, what is this? Like, this isn't happy. <laughs> He's like, but the kids will be so great. And um, it's essentially a, a mom who you don't know what's happening, but she's sick. It's not, it's not COVID-related. It's more zombie-ish. So. Um, but uh, she's sick, and the two kids are kind of off to fend for themselves uh, while they're taking care of their mother. And, and there is a happy ending. Spoiler. But... Uh, <laughs> 
we we decided it's to make beautiful. this beautiful everyone was so excited like the kids were so excited mia was thrilled she was like talking about she's gonna do wardrobe and i was gonna do makeup and everyone had their job and max was pulling out all his props until we started filming <laughs> and then <laughs> it was the absolute worst but mean meantime so this was maybe day four in we we had a couple like cameos in there and we're like you know wouldn't it be fun if like some of our friends would would do a little cameo for us in this even though we're just doing it for our family like everyone's home what do they have to do and well, so we're I, in the middle of the pandemic so it's yeah. not like you can invite anyone over to shoot no. right so, so i was yeah. like you know I, I reached out to serena and i was like hey you know do you want to do this thing for free um from your house <laughs> but it's just for our family and it would just be fun and i promise it'll look cool um, and of course she was gracious enough to say yes and be no, our, I read the script and I bawled <laughs> my eyes out and I was so honored to ask you uh, to be asked by you and to be in your, your Aww. film. Tell everyone what the name is too. It's called day 14. Okay. Um, but, uh, Serena was, was our news reporter and, uh, we asked, uh, other genre friends to, to be involved. But once they said yes, we were like, cause I wanted to quit. But we're like, we've already asked these people. We can't turn, we can't stop now. God, how embarrassing, you know? But we really did want to quit because not Mia particularly, but Max, the, the eight-year-old, wanted no part of filming. In, in his world, it's, oh, wait, you said cut. That was great. Why are we doing it again? And <laughs> my husband was like, well, because that's what you do. You, you do it two or three times. Then we're going to do it two or three times from this angle. My husband's like, what? Another angle again? That, that's, so, that's, we did House Hunters. We did the House Hunter. And it's like, cut. That was perfect. Let's do it again. Uh, like, but this is perfect. Like, no, no, we need, we need another angle. We need a safety. We need to get 10 more. It's like, wait, what? Wait, you were on House Hunters? For our, our old house, yeah. We were on a... a I Not the new one, the old one. Okay, I'll send you. Oh, you can we go all look need it up. To watch um, House Hunters now. renovations, yeah. Like, those are like my favorite TV shows. <laughs> Every oh, once in a while, I'll get a. Oh, I know. It's like the thing that's on repeat. You know, you're like having lunch or dinner, and it's just on the background or on a plane. And you're like, oh, Every there's me in... again. There's me again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, you know, we were the family that, like, my son, like most children in the world, uh, loves McDonald's. Um, and we were very much like, you get McDonald's on a road trip. That's it. You, you get it on road trips. That's the only time you get McDonald's until, <laughs> until we shot day 14. Then it was there's like, nothing else to eat. You can eat McDonald's. Yeah. Then it was like, I guess, dude, if you do one more take, we'll get you McDonald's. And it turned out, I was like, all right, we can't have that bribe anymore. I'd rather give him a toy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but it turned out really charming and really great. And, and those kids really do steal the show and. And uh, so as good. much as they complained, they, they're both charming and amazing. And they'll have this, I don't know, this, this really cool piece of art that they can remember this weird time from. And, and especially Mia, um, you know, she, in such a strange place and, and, you know, giving her something to do artistic that had absolutely nothing to do with, the shooting and the violence and and what she'd been going through just definitely something completely fantastical um i don't know it's she seemed she seemed pleased with how it turned out so she's so incredible in the movie you can <laughs> see her soul you can see like the love the older sister love in her eyes you feel all of it i mean i bawled my eyes out when i read it and then when i when i saw it it was 
we we went to a um it a drive-in a film festival uh uh scream fest mm-hmm. well it's been in what 70 film festivals in it's one been in a lot but we went to the premiere at a drive-in which that also is so cool like how cool for well not just us but my kids they had a movie premiere at a drive-in so <laughs> like, cool how was Serena's performance? <gasps> <laughs> okay, seriously, she should be a you a doctor. Like, sorry, Doctor Gator. Uh, That's fine. She is we're, really... we're gonna switch places. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we forgot. Now you're an actor. We just I'm found this actor. out. House hunting. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, she was so good. And honestly, it. it's a short film. I mean, it's like twenty something minutes. If not everyone was great in it, it, it falls flat. But you, I mean, you're so good. No, and it's because, no, you're you're, we so do the same good. thing. When you love, when we, we love what we do and when we're giving it, there, there are no small parts. There are only small actors, right? Like it doesn't matter how many w- words there are. You give your heart and soul into it. It's such a beautiful film. I mean, um, <laughs> is that, it online uh, somewhere? Is it online somewhere? Yeah, it's actually, it's free. You could just watch it on YouTube. Just look up day 14. <laughs> We, uh, we just put it there for price. everybody to watch <laughs> just because we, we liked it. And we're like, you know, people should watch it because it's played enough film festivals now that, you know, just it's just out there. I'll put it. I'll put links on my Instagram and stuff and tag you guys in it. So anyone that. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a this. whole thing. And, we'll, we'll, and to all the horror fans listening, our genre fans, um, you've probably already seen it. But um, if you haven't, we will link to it. I know. And there's also our friend Dee Wallace has a voice in there. Mm-hmm. Felissa Rose. Uh, Ken Foray does our, our narration at the end. Perry Shen. Like, so it's, it's a very cool, even though uh, everyone had to be socially distanced and had to do it separately, it was very cool that a good amount of our, our horror family could, could come together to do it. And um, I'm still really mad that my child's or children's performances outshined mine. Oh, stop it. Never going to get over that. We didn't, we didn't talk about you. I think I led with that. You're incredible in it. I mean, what you've been through and who you are, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of you. And I'm as a human, I'm, I'm proud to be your friend. I'm watching you navigate this in just such a beautiful way. You're such a beautiful mother. And, um, I love you. Really proud to know you no I, I'm so happy you guys asked me to be on here I mean we I the the biggest concern in in my life is that not everything is is a sad story or or that we're just not always I, I just don't know if that's healthy to constantly talk about the negative things that happen in our life but on the flip side there's been a lot of Things that we can do as parents, as advocates that I I think are making change. And I think every little bit that anyone can do, whether it's tell somebody about these programs, whether it's invite someone to a Moms Demand Action event, whether it's, you know, talk to your school about putting flyers in, in backpacks. Like that's what one school district did. It was like, send the kids home with like a little thing, a little card that says, you know, hey, if you have these things, store them properly. Cause you really never know. Like. It may just go, oh, crap, I just bought that. I guess I should get a safe. Or I just had a baby. I should get a safe. Like, you I, know, and yeah, any little I bit baby. helps. I should ask my parent. I should ask, you know, yeah. when my kid goes over to, for play dates. I think that that's so huge. Like, we don't, when you don't know, we don't know what we don't know, right? Because we haven't been through it. But no. so many parents have. And, you know, we're learning from you, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. um, we, we all have to come together and do better. 
because as I've said before, all of our kids are all of our kids and this is, it's not okay. It's all right. These, okay. these kids, I, be, I really truly believe it. Like it's not me. It's not you, not you, Dr. Gator. I'm sorry. It's, no, you these, don't know. it's Eli could of, be the it wild might be. one. You don't know. <laughs> no, but it, it's, it's all of our kids. It's these little kids that are going to make all the change in the world. They're, they're mm -hmm. smarter than all of us. They're cooler. They're more woke. They're more inviting and more accepting. And they, Mia is cooler than all of us. Mia's really cool. But I mean, yeah. all of these kids, they're going to be the ones who, who make everything perfect. And maybe then we will be like Canada. And we'll just be loving and awesome. We'll, we'll I see. hope so. We'll see. I hope so. I hope so. You know, Mia and I were, were talking and... Uh, there, there's a big tragedy here that in, in a world where there's so much information being thrown at you, it's really hard to find the things that are actually going to be helpful to you. Like when you have like this world of the internet and you're like, wait, where do I start? It was very, I was very blessed that um, my husband has a good job and I was able to be home and take care of Mia through all of this Great. and be able to search online. But what I found is there's, it's, there's a lot of information and not enough at the same time, if that makes any sense. So like we would find websites where I'm like, wait a second, I went through all these things, but where do I find the help? And then, oh, where, there's numbers over here that tell me, you know, the victim's advocacy line, but what, who do I really talk to there? And so me and I have decided we're gonna, uh, or our family rather has decided we're gonna um, put together a nonprofit called Trauma to Triumph. And it's awesome. essentially for children um, who are victims of violent crime, which sadly, as we all know, isn't just school shootings. It's, you know, domestic violence, um, mm -hmm. sexual assaults. Uh, it's, 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 there's, there's a lot of things kids go through um, and sort of a one-stop shop where they can find the resources that we pull together. And right now we'll start it just for California, places that we found that are great free resources, um, you know, links to, to doctors that may have talks on it, um, Incredible. you know, uh, info on help getting bills paid, because that's another thing people don't realize what happens. What, who do you, if you have a victim and they were hurt by someone who then isn't around anymore or doesn't have insurance or, you know, who covers who that? For? Who pays right. for that? So there's a lot of questions that thankfully, like I said, I'm, I am, <laughs> always on the internet and can find my my way through them but a lot of people can't so we want to try to consolidate that for them and make it free and and provide as many resources and quotes and and peer counseling if we can find that and that's um, incredible see what we is can it, do is there one that was most helpful to you one thing that you were like wow this website was the best or this person was the best or this book or any um, one thing? no it really was a combination of a lot of different things. And, you also and, got an emotional support animal. I wanted to touch on that too, because I think yes. that's huge. And that's a huge piece of kids recovering and people the, moving these through grief. Emotional support animals, service animals, therapy animals are a blessing. It, so when Mia was in the hospital, we had so many, these amazing volunteers that come through, whether through the Red Cross or just volunteers that work for the hospital and they would bring these dogs and Mia would just light up every, there was a dog there named Dr. Danny who wore a, a stethoscope uh, and a lab coat, like, and they would just sit with her and she would light up and she's like, mom, please, can I get one? So thankfully for our amazing friends on Facebook and things like that, I reached out and I said, hey, does anyone have 
any intel on on therapy animals like people that train them like i'll gladly pay but like i don't i don't know how to navigate that world and um a friend of my husband's um andrea uh put us in touch with a company called pause for life and pause for life is this outrageously cool organization they they train uh support and service animals in the state prisons um and they they train them with you know really amazing prisoners um and they train them and give them to um people that need them for PTSD. And so they, they had a dog available for me. Her name was Brandy. And that dog helped immensely with like the nightmares. Like there was a, some strange things that Mia had, like taking a shower by herself was, wow. was a strange thing for her. And I don't know if maybe it's the sounds in there, but she didn't like it. Brandy hangs out in there and sits right outside the tub and wow, that's sleeps. <laughs> Um, so th- there's, there's been amazing people that have been brought to us. So that pause for life would definitely be somebody that would be on our website that would give people information on getting themselves a PTSD animal. Um, you know, somatic therapy is another one that I, if you would have told me about this before, I would have been like, what kind of new age shit is this? You know, <laughs> but it, witchcraft. it is, yeah, it seems like potions and like, I'm going to heal Medical your, witchcraft. It, Medical witchcraft. It is, but we we have found Dr. Gator the the balance of modern medicine versus holistic medicine and therapy, like all of it combined, is what has worked for us. And mm-hmm. I think that's uh, I mean maybe maybe that's just the cocktail that was that worked in our scenario, but um, you know we just we just want to be able to put it out there for everybody to find and see and and uh, and then eventually also uh, provide scholarships. Um, to those kids so you know at some point i'll be yeah. asking you guys where where when you're like where should i donate i'm gonna say well go right here <laughs> oh absolutely yeah um from tears to triumph is that what it is trauma to triumph from triumph from trauma to triumph mm-hmm. yes tears Beautiful. to triumph is a book oh i like uh, that too but uh but ours basically <laughs> came from watching mia and her friends um when our city <laughs> which is weird too. Um, and, and this is sort of the problem, like you had said, like gun violence is so political and that's, that's a problem um, yeah, that people just can't see it for, for what it is. It's just violence mm-hmm. against children or people. Um, but because it, it has that political side to it, it, it really divides everybody when it really should just be about somebody healing. Um, the, two, the two victims who passed families wanted to to dedicate the park that there was a huge vigil held for the two students um and it had thousands and thousands of people at it mia was still in the hospital at the time so we couldn't go wow but my husband went in our in our honor and um and people spoke and it was really beautiful but it was the most attendees this park has ever had in santa clarita history so they thought well maybe they can can make the park in memoriam of Dominic Blackwell and Gracie Muehlberger. And the city was like, no, no brainer. that's what we thought. But the city was like, oh, no, 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 that'll be too dark. And it'll be too this. And, you know, we can't change the name like from Central Park, uh, the most generic park name <laughs> ever. <laughs> and it's not even actually Unique. central to our city. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so Mia and uh, her friends decided amongst themselves to hold lemonade stands throughout the city and raise money 
and they raised almost $7,000 in like 50 cent increments and wow. presented it to the city hall and basically were like, wow, so now you can't say it's a money issue because here, me, one of the victims and my buddies raised the money for you. And thankfully they yeah. ended up changing the name and or rather adding the in memoriam and now they're, they're building another memorial site in there for for Dominic and Gracie, which wow. is amazing. That money should go to those kids. That's another conversation, but. No. But, um, but that's what spawned it. I was like, gosh, these kids went and did this thing yeah. for, for no recognition of their own. Like did, didn't want camera crews coming to talk to them. They wanted all the focus to be on their friends and their friend's memory. And I was like, that's taking trauma and, and, and triumphing after Absolutely. that. Like that's unbelievable. And that's not something that I, I taught her, that's not, that's just something in them. And that's why I think this generation is just gonna change. It's they gonna are, change they're, they're so much tougher than us and that's, you know, human spirit and at the end of the day when bad things happen and they do happen, you know, we get some positive spin on it at the end of the day and that's, you know, it's a beautiful, I think, way to transition from what happened. Mia's our hero and she doesn't have to be. To be honest, it's a, it's a shame that we ask kids to fight for their own safety. But she is. She took what happened to her and her friends on that horrible day, and she uses it to bring change. Honoring her friends with more than thoughts and prayers. Like, she honors them with action. My kid, your kid, these kids, they are our future. I am certain they're going to change things. And that's wow. why I feel okay coming on and talking about it with guys like you, is that, you know, we, we want to, you know, honor the, the ones that we've lost and, and also make sure that, you know, we do our best to make sure these things don't keep happening and also, you know, not whitewash the narrative of, you know, I, like I said to you, Serena, before I used to say Mia got hurt. I'm like, why am I, why am I making it more comfortable for someone else? Like what, right? Mia got and shot. She, mm -hmm. Her friends got, got murdered and yeah. that's what it is. And so once I, I'm like, I, we're conditioned, I think, as humans to do that, right? It's like to make everyone else feel comfortable. But why? Mm -hmm. This is, shouldn't be comfortable. We should be appalled by this. We should mm -hmm. be terrified by it. And we should, we should change. And so that's why I'm so grateful that you guys asked me on. because We're so I, grateful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so to, much for sharing. It's so important. Yeah. And tell everyone where they can find you so they can follow you, so they can... Um, I am, I am so generically boring. I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook as Tiffany Shepis or Tiffany Shepis Treda. And you can watch our beautiful Serena Vincent on day 14, our little movie. And, um, and I will be listening to you guys all the time. Thank well, we you. want everyone to follow your journey and I'm excited about the foundation that you're creating. And Thank you. we'd love to have you back on to talk about that when it's up and running. Yeah, let uh, us know absolutely. so we can support. Oh, yeah, thank you know. so much. I will. I will. And uh, just like you're wearing your orange right now, I believe yeah. where Orange Week is June 4th through the 6th. And you can like show your support for like the Moms Demand Action people. Yes, I am wearing my, my orange today. Yes. Shoot films, not people. <clears throat> wear, wear orange. I'm going to put mine on um, <laughs> in a minute. And uh, support, support your survivors and, and uh, anti-gun violence. Thank you. We love you, Tiffany. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. I love you guys. Wow, wow, wow. You know, Tiffany is absolutely incredible. And mm -hmm. everything that Mia is doing um, to raise awareness and fight this fight is incredible. 
I admire they're them. They're special family. Yeah, they're they really, really special are. family. I admire them so much. And, you know, I was nervous to ask her to come on our podcast. I really, really wanted them to share. But, like, it's a, it's a you know, it's a, obviously it's a sensitive subject. And anyway, I'm so happy they did because I I learned so much. I'm going to do things differently. So you, you mentioned during the... Uh, during when when we were chatting before about you know checking at other people's homes, do you, do you really think you're going to do that? I mean, I th- I feel like you know it's just a, probably a very awkward question to walk into somebody's home and say, mm-hmm. "Oh hey, do, do you have guns? Um, have you lock up your guns?" I I think it's super important to make sure that we do lock up our guns. But I, I'm wondering if you feel like you would actually do that in real life. I'm like dying right here to answer the year. 100%. My friend's daughter was shot, right? 100%. And I feel like as an older mother, I've had so many highs and lows in my own life, right? I've seen so much. I mean, I haven't seen the tragedy like you've seen as a doctor, right, in a hospital. But I've mm-hmm. experienced so much loss in my own life and through friends and family that no way. I don't want to live with any regrets. Um, I will ask if my son goes to anyone's house that I don't know. I'm I'm making this promise to myself, and I already said it to Mike. We're going to ask if they have guns. And this is um, very personal, but since we've done this interview, I thought, oh my God, my dad has guns. My dad is like, the most liberal gun owner on the planet. <laughs> but um, he has a lot, and I have no idea where they are. I have no idea where they're stored. Um, he doesn't live here. Um, but, you know, in Nevada, you can carry them, right? A concealed mm-hmm. weapon. Mm-hmm. And so the last time he was visiting, before he walked into the house, I said, do you have any guns with you? He said, what? No. Why, why would I bring a gun? I was like, all right, I'm just making sure. I don't know. I don't know where they are. I don't know where you keep them. I mean, I think it's a fair question. I, I think maybe it's more my personal opinion at this point, but to me, I would think the bigger concern would be guns in your home that aren't secured that your own children would get into. I, I feel, you know, I think it's always important to be secure, but I think it's way less likely for somebody else's child to come in your home go snooping through things and find it unless you just leave it out where it's like super super available well um, so to, this, to, this is to, like to me- you know this happened my dad um my family goes to this town in nevada every labor day to celebrate and you know some people bring guns and they go out shooting bottles or whatever and my dad had left a, the you know the guns in his truck with the doors open and there were a bunch of kids and cousins just you know, running around playing. Like, what if one of those kids had got, you know, run up into my dad's car and pulled out a gun? Anyway, so I do feel like there's lots of ways where mm-hmm. there's lots of opportunities for mistakes. I, I agree. And then I think, you know, to just bring it full circle here, when we're talking about gun safety, you know, there's so, everybody is kind of at a different place when it comes to guns and, and gun safety and, and where we are. But I, I think that everyone can agree, doesn't matter you know, whether you're pro-gun, anti-gun, whatever, that we want to focus on gun safety. Right. That's the first step. You know, even if you believe that people shouldn't have guns or whatever it is, the first step of, for anybody right now is we need to focus on gun safety, keeping them secure so that way your child doesn't just go into the truck and pull out somebody's gun by accident and then shoot. And they don't know, right? How would they know, if, especially if it's a young kid? Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm just thinking like Eli or Nico, you know, they go they go and they see a gun. They wouldn't know. They would just think it's a toy. They wouldn't know, they wouldn't know what they're doing. Right. So. This is why Tiffany and the whole Be Smart program um, that they were speaking about is is really genius. And I feel like every school and parent should know this. And this should just be a part of, like she said, talking like you talk about sex and like you talk about drugs and like you talk about. Any of the other things that kids can get into, this this should definitely be a conversation, and um, and obviously, uh, mental health, making our kids' mental health um, a priority. We had that conversation last week with uh, your mom, Sharon from Your Mom Cares, and I mean, there's a direct correlation between mental health and gun violence, obviously. So we need to keep our kids mentally healthy. Agreed. All right, everyone. This was a heavy episode. You couldn't see me, but I was crying through 75% of Tiffany's story. Um, but I definitely learned a lot and I hope that you did too. And that's why we're here. We're here to come together. Right, Dr. Gator? <laughs> we are here to come together and to not shy away from the important topics, even if they're a little bit controversial or a little bit tough to talk about because it's important to talk about the tough things so that we can, uh, see a better world for our kids exactly in the future so we can raise the bar on ourselves so we can raise amazing children thank you all so much for joining us each week please be sure to subscribe to the raising amazing podcast so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes you can also follow us on instagram at raising amazing podcast to catch any extra fun goodies for you and your kiddos and if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on the show, you can send in your questions to RaisingAmazingPodcast at gmail.com, along with your name and your city. That's it for us for now. We'll catch you next Wednesday on Raising Amazing. Happy parenting. May the force be with you.